Glad you're here again. I want to encourage you. I do it every single week, but I want to encourage you every single Thursday to be thinking about who you can ask uh, to join you. I want to, want to continue to see our men's lunch grow. So you think about uh, not only your commitment to be here, but inviting somebody to join you every single week. We're going to continue in our Bible study. We're in 1 John. We're, we're moving uh, now through the fourth chapter in 4 John. We're going to continue that. I uh, want us to start off today by thinking about this truth. The, the message of Christianity is a radical message. And I think sometimes maybe we lose sight of that. Maybe in our familiarity with it, uh, we become numb to it. But the gospel of Jesus Christ really is a radical, radical message. Now think about that for a second. A man comes, in fact, God comes as a man, and he lives his life, and he doesn't sin. He never sins. And so he never sins, so he can, he can take my sin. My sin can be placed upon him. And then he can die, go to the cross and die, paying the penalty for my sin. That's what the cross is about. He goes to the Roman cross. He carries my sin, even becomes my sin, your sin. And he goes and he pays the price for sin. He is dead. Three days, he is dead. Now, that's, that's a tremendous thing in and of itself. He is dead. And then three days later, he walks out of the grave and he is alive. As Christians... That is our hope. As Christians, our salvation is secured in that. Jesus comes. He's the Lamb of God. He never sins. Our sin is placed upon him. He goes and he takes God's wrath towards sin. He dies on the cross. He's actually physically dead. Three days later, he walks out of the grave and he is alive. By faith in that, we are saved. By faith in that truth. Well, understand, that is a radical message. Just think about all of that. God comes as a man. He lives here. He never sins. He's dead. He's physically resurrected. He is alive. That is a radical message. That is a crazy message. Now, maybe we grew up in this area. Maybe we've, we've been in church. Maybe we've sung all the songs. But that is a crazy, radical message. The question is this. How are people to believe that? Think about that. How are people to believe that? How are, how are people to believe in God? How are people to know and to, and to put their faith in Jesus Christ? We haven't seen God. Christ has ascended. He's gone to heaven. Uh, we have these words, his words, telling us of this account. But how would people ever come to know, to believe, to put their faith in that gospel account? Would there ever be any evidence of that gospel account. Well, when John was writing this letter, false gospels had sprung up. And if you've been here as we've gone through this study, that's the issue. False teachers have sprung up. False teachings have sprung up in the church. And so he, he comes and he begins to write to address these false teachers. Well, uh, these false teachers, they've sprung up. These false teachings, they're starting to take hold in the church and the question is, and it's over and over throughout the book, how are you supposed to tell the false gospels from the one true gospel? And really that's a theme that goes all the way through this letter. How do you, how do you tell all these false gospels from the one true gospel? How would you ever discern the difference? Well, let me just tell you, it is the same thing today. In fact, I believe even more so. False teachers today are everywhere. 
False teachings today, they are everywhere and they're creeping into the pulpits and they're creeping into the churches today. I believe even more so, false teachings and false teachers are are everywhere in our Christian world today. And so the question is the same today. How do you, how do we discern the difference? Listen very carefully. How do you know the difference? How can you know the difference? Here's one way. You can tell the difference. You can discern the difference in that the gospel of Jesus Christ produces a change. And those false gospels, no matter how exciting they are, no matter how popular they may be, no matter how flashy they may become, they never produce any lasting change. You understand, that's how you tell the true from the false. The gospel of Jesus Christ, it produces a change. It results in a change. Those false gospels, no matter how flashy, no matter how popular, they never are going to produce any lasting change. We're going to keep moving. We're in 1 John. We're in chapter 4 today, verses 12 through 16. 12 through 16. Let Let me read the verses today. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. Verse 14, we have seen and testify that the father has sent the son to be the savior of the world. Verse 15, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. We have come to know that and have believed that the love which God has for us, God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. Now that's, that's kind of repetitious. We hear that, it, it, kind of, it kind of has an uneasy flow. It's really kind of hard to follow. Let me read those verses again. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. We have seen and testify that the father has sent the son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Now again, pretty repetitious verses. Let me, let me walk you through those verses t- today. Starts off and it says this. No one has seen God at any time. He's starting off with where we started off today. You know what? No one has seen God at any time. Jesus Christ, he is, he is ascended now. He's not, he's not here physically with us. He has ascended and he's gone to heaven. And yet we have, it says, we have seen and we testify. The word testify means we, we stand on as the truth. We are witness to, we bear witness to. Yet we have seen and we testify that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Now listen to that. No one has seen God. Christ is no longer here physically. He has ascended to heaven. And yet we as believers, here we come and we say, you know what? The Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Now that last sentence, really that's a summation of the gospel. 
That's the radical message that we hold. The, the Father, he so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. That's, that's the gospel that we hold. That is the, the radical message that we hold to as Christians. That's what we believe, and believing it, that is what we testify to. Listen to verse 15. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. That, that is how we are saved. Now, how do we know? How would you know a person is saved? How would you know that you're saved? How do we know when a person has confessed and placed Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior? Here's one way. We have the Holy Spirit. Bible says in Ephesians 1.13, when we put our faith in Christ, when we hear the gospel, when we put our faith in Christ, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. We're, spirit, we're, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of God's promise, it says, until the day of redemption. One of the ways that we know that we've put our faith in Christ, we receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit of God when we're saved. He takes residence in us when we're saved. Listen to verse 13. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. Now, do you see the flow here? You know what? We haven't seen God. Christ has ascended. We have the truth of the gospel. When you put your faith in the truth of the gospel, you are saved. God abides in you. You abide in him, Christ. When you're saved, the Holy Spirit of God takes up residence in you. Now, having received that gospel, having believed that gospel, we're saved. The Holy Spirit resides inside of us, and there is a change. There is a change when you've put your faith in Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creature. If you've put your faith in Christ, you're a new creation. The old things have passed away. It says, behold, which means Take a look, observe, new things have come. If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of you. If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, you abide in Christ, he abides in you. You are saved, you have fellowship with God. If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, there is a change. Remember those false gospels, they promise a change but they can't deliver a change. And I think that's what John's pointing out here. You know what? What about this new Gnosticism? What about this new separation of your physical being and your, and your spiritual being? What about these false gospels? He's saying, you know what? If you'll keep your eye on it, these false gospels can never deliver a change. There is only a change by faith in Jesus Christ. Now, one of these changes, one of those changes, part of the change is that God's love is in us. God's love is in us. That's what these verses are saying. In fact, that's what this chapter is saying. One of the changes when we put our faith in Jesus Christ is God's love is in us. And because God's love is in us, God's love starts to show through us. God's love starts to become evident through us, outside of us. Verse 12 says this, His love is perfected in us. The Greek word, the original word here for perfected means that it reaches its end. It is completed. Another, another translation says it is a made a full thing. Now what that means is this. 
His love, God's love, is perfected in us. What was not there, what is not normal, now becomes full because we're filled with God. And that's, that's what it's talking about. You know what? Apart from Christ, think about this. We're selfish. Apart from Christ, we're self-serving. Apart from Christ, we're self-promoting. We promote ourselves. Apart from Christ, we're divisive. Apart from Christ, we seek to put others, others down in order to lift ourselves up. I think sometimes, well, is that the natural thing? You ever watch kids? Uh, go, out, go out and watch kids on a playground. They're self-promoters. They're selfish. They put others down in order to lift themselves up. It's our natural inclination. That's what's natural to us. It's what we do when we're lost. Well, in Christ, the opposite is true. In Christ, we serve others. In Christ, we exalt others. In Christ, we, we seek to build others up, even at our own cost. We saw that last week. Remember the definition of agape love last week? It's a self-sacrificing service to another. It's not an emotion. It's not a feeling. It's a self-sacrificing service to another. So let me, let me bring this set of verses full circle. How will the world see God? How will the world see the evidence of the hand of God. How will they believe the gospel? So radical a gospel, so crazy a gospel, how will they ever believe the gospel? It will be when they see previously divisive people, slanderous people, rude people, selfish people start to give away themselves for others. Let me make this as plain as possible. That's kind of a complicated flow today. Let me make this as plain as possible. Division is of Satan. Factions are of Satan. Anger, strife, jealousy, backbiting, those things are of Satan. And in the church of Jesus Christ, those things cannot exist. Listen, listen, hear that again. Divisive, factions, Splitting into groups, slandering, tearing people down, causing anger, jealousy, backbiting. Those things cannot exist in the church of Jesus Christ. Listen, what that means is this. There is to be no racism in the Christian church. There are to be no cliques in the Christian church. There are to be no haves and no have-nots in the Christian church. There is to be no elitism in the Christian church. There is to be no self-righteous, pious, I'm better than you attitudes in the Christian church. But what is supposed to be in the Christian church is the love of God. No, they haven't seen God. No, they haven't seen the, the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ. But John says here, you want to know the truth and the faults, you'll see that there is a change. And the change that you'll see, you'll see the love of Jesus Christ. Here's the question for grown men. So how are we doing? What does our life look like? Are we divisive? Are we slanderous? Are we backbiting? Do we try to, do we try to go in and drive a wedge between people? Or do we look like Jesus Christ? We come and we give ourselves away for the benefit of somebody else. Love is the change. If you've received the gospel, you're not the same. And it points to the saving power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Glad you're here today. Let me lead us in a word of prayer and we'll be dismissed. Glad you're here. I'm going to ask if you'll stand, please. Let's pray. During Father, we come today, and I'm thankful for the truth of your word. I'm thankful for the message that tells us we're different in the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation, and that is still the truth. And if there's a change, and it's not based upon our willpower, it's going to fail. It's not based upon our strength. It's not enough. It's not based upon our determination. We can't well up enough of it but it is in the power of Jesus Christ, the gospel, the good news of Jesus. I pray today as, as we stand here as men that, that we have received that truth and that we're no longer like this cruddy world, and that we stand and that there is a change that's evident. I pray for some in this room that haven't put their faith in Christ. I pray that in the preaching, the hearing of, of this word, of your truth, that today might be the day of their salvation. But for those of us here that have settled that, I pray that we would be instructed today, that we'd be convicted today, that we'd be led today. That we'd understand that we're to be different because we are different. That we would embrace and we would uphold and we would show Christian love. Lord, we love you, we praise you, we thank you. I pray all this in Jesus' name, amen.